Guys and gals, Hepcats, cool kittens, friends and foes, this is a very special episode of Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pika, but you can call me Johnny. And on this week's episode, a very special topic, I want to talk to you guys about what I call toxic fandom. Basically, fanboys and, and fandom it's the worst and fandom brings out the worst in fans and the toxicity that's going on right now is unbelievable and here's how I look at it everything is awesome and nobody's happy about it so what 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 do I mean by that well you know 20 years ago 30 years ago when I was a comic book fan, wishing for comic book movies, wishing that there would be another Star Wars movie, I never, in my wildest dreams, would imagine that we are where we are here today. And yet, fandom is split in two. You have the misogynistic, basement-dwelling, neck-beard mouth-breathers... On one side, and on the other side, you have the social justice warriors that are victims of their own vindictive wokeness. And the two sides are fighting against each other, and the fans in the middle just feel a little bit hopeless, to tell you the truth. Um, nobody's happy. And it all really started, I'm going to say, with Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And I'm going to talk about Star Wars, I'm going to talk about The Avengers a lot, and then uh, maybe some television properties, but I'm going to frame this in the conversation about Star Wars, the sequels, the prequels, and um, the MCU primarily. So, Jar Jar Binks. A lot of fans hate the prequels because of Jar Jar Binks. They say that he ruined The Phantom Menace. And I am going to submit to you that Jar Jar Binks not only is epic, he is the shiznit. Listen, people had this expectation of The Phantom Menace that Star Wars was going to grow up with them. I saw Return of the Jedi the summer before my sixth grade year. And fans my age had this expectation that Star Wars was supposed to grow up with them and become edgier and grittier and darker to kind of match their expectations of of what a modern movie should be, a modern adventure space opera movie should be. 
but but that was never George Lucas's vision. George Lucas has always said that he created Star Wars for primarily 12-year-old boys. And The Phantom Menace really took us back to that place. It was about a 10-year-old Anakin, played by Jake Lloyd, and a lot of fans had issue with him being such a young child, but that was the Jedi way. They, they, you know, they recruited young Jedi at a very young age, and he was actually too old to start training. And Yoda said it, Mace Windu said it, even Obi-Wan believed that to be true. But that's not the issue fans had. They hated Jar Jar Binks because he was silly, he was goofy, he was stupid, and they did not expect to have that kind of humor. They had forgotten that in the original trilogy, A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, that C-3PO played that exact same role. He was the comic fop. And he and R2-D2 were the connection with kids, younger kids, younger than 12. And George Lucas understood that in every mythological tale, in every story about the hero's journey, there was the, um, the, the comic fop, the, the, the one who we connect with um, on a primal level because he represents us as the everyman. And that was Jar Jar Binks. But for no other reason than Jar Jar Binks made my children Star Wars fans. If there were no other reason, I would I would love him for that alone. Um, he made my son a Star Wars fan, and he made my daughter a Star Wars fan. Now, my daughter was four years younger than my son, and she, for her, Star Wars is the Clone Wars and Rebels. And her favorite episodes were the episodes with Jar Jar Banks. And we were watching an episode of the Clone Wars, and it was... Uh, an, an adventure with Jar Jar and Mace Windu um, in the, I want to say maybe that was uh, one of the lost episodes. And um, she just looked at me and she said, I love him. He is so funny talking about Jar Jar Binks and people who had this expectation that Star Wars should be something different Use Jar Jar as the focus of their rancor. See what I just did right there? I have I have news for you. If a creator doesn't make a movie the way that you think he should make it, doesn't make it a bad movie. And it doesn't make it a movie that you should rail against. Because here's the facts, guys. You don't own these characters. They're not yours. There, it's not your story to tell. You have zero ownership. And look, I get it. I get it. Um, now, in in hindsight, after the prequels have aged quite well, um, people my age who hated them at first, and I didn't. I loved Phantom Menace. It is my maybe my third favorite of the Star Wars saga. But people who you know hated Phantom Menace 
10, 15 years, almost 20 years. I, it, it is 20 years later. It came out in 1999. Holy crap. Now they look back on it with fondness and they realize, oh, wow, this was actually a pretty good movie. Maybe I shouldn't have railed against it and hated it so much and had so much expectation. But then, fast forward to the new sequel trilogy. Um, and people, again, are finding something to hate because the story did not go in the direction that they thought it should. Most fans felt like, and I was one of them, I wanted them to do the Thrawn trilogy. They still could, by the way. Um, but when they decided to wipe out canon, or wipe out the expanded universe, and and it was never canon to begin with, guys. Uh, when George Lucas was interviewed about it, he said, well, those, those are good stories. They're cute stories, but they're not my story. George Lucas never considered the expanded universe canon Fandom considered it canon, and when Lucasfilm said, no, nope, the expanded universe, that's got to be relegated to Legends because we cannot, we, we cannot live up to any expectation based on this entirety, uh, uh, this entire work, this entirety of the expanded universe. Anything we do is going to be a disappointment in trying to adapt any of these storylines, so we're going to relegate it to Legends, we're going to start fresh with a new story, and that's where we got the, the sequels. Now, here's where, and I, listen, I could talk about the, the prequels even more. You know, the, the, the complaints that people have about the relationship between Padme and Anakin in Attack of the Clones, how it was stilted and awkward, and I don't think that was uh, their acting, I think that was a directorial choice that George Lucas made. I think that was intentional to reflect the cultures that they came from. You had Anakin, who was trained as a Jedi, to put aside his uh, emotions, to put aside uh, physical attachment. The only relationship he had ha ever had with a woman was with his mother. And now he's in this place where he's put into a situation where... He has feelings now, and he's starting to feel attached to Padme. He doesn't know how to behave. On the flip side of that coin, Padme had been queen of Naboo and a senator. She had been raised in court. She had been raised to be a politician. She had been raised and taught to set her, uh, her emotions aside and to use logic and facts to govern her decisions as a politician. She had no way of uh, relating to a, a, a romantic relationship either. So you put those two people in a situation and they're going to be awkward. They're going to be stilted. They're not going to know how to behave. There won't be any chemistry with them. And I think that was on purpose. But then we get to the sequels. Force Awakens. Ray, And this is where the real division started. You had the you know, the social justice warriors celebrating Ray as, you know, this beacon, this icon of um, social justice virtue. Finally, a strong woman in Star Wars. We've never had that before. Eh. Yes, we have. Leia, hello. 
Padme, hello. Ahsoka. See, this is where the 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 toxic fandom starts to creep in because so many people dissed the prequels that, and especially men, you know, talking about how awful they were, and you know, women didn't grow up seeing these strong characters in Amidala and Ahsoka because they didn't follow the rest of the saga. So we get to the sequels, and now we have a strong female central character, and the the basement dwellers lose their minds. Misogyny is on full display, and not just misogyny, racism. And I, I understand why the social justice warriors celebrated Finn and Ray the way they did. Um, but they missed the whole point. It wasn't, they, they weren't great characters because she was a woman or because he was black. Those were just asides. They were just great characters to begin with. And you you had these extremes on the social justice warrior side, um, and then this other extreme on the misogynistic side, and the louder the misogynists complained about Ray and Finn, the louder the social justice warriors fought back and, you know, called them misogynists, called them racists, and it created this wider and wider divide. And now we get to The Last Jedi, and, you know, people say, well, Luke would never behave that way. That's so out of character. Eh, wrong. Let me, let me talk about this for a minute. Luke Skywalker was the hope of the galaxy. He destroyed the Death Star. He brought an end to the Emperor. The entire hope of the galaxy, the, the, the future of the Jedi Order was hanging on his shoulders. Everyone expected him to deliver them and to usher them into a new golden, golden age. And when he failed with his nephew, nonetheless, and Ben Solo became Kylo Ren and destroyed the Jedi Order, killed all of his students, that was a monumental failure. And anyone, anyone who had that weight on their shoulders, those expectations, and felt that profound failure would naturally sink into a deep depression and wouldn't want to be around people. That's what happened with Luke. That wasn't out of character. That was very real and probably maybe the most in-character thing in, in the sequels. But then you had these toxic fanboys saying, Oh, look, Leia. Leia's using the Force. We've ne She's never used the Force before. That sucks. That's so awful. Why, why wouldn't you assume that she was a Jedi? L you know, Luke's commandment from Yoda and Ben was, pass on what you have learned. <clears throat> when gone am I? Last of the Jedi will you be. Pass on what you have known. Why wouldn't he train Leia first? And it took, it took, uh, 
Rise of Skywalker to show that back that that uh, flashback with Leia training for those those vocal toxic fanboys to go oh oh well I guess yeah okay yeah I guess she must have trained to be a Jedi but but then she put her lightsaber away and gave it up that's so stupid. I knew in Force Awakens that Leia had already been trained as a Jedi because, you know, she feels uh, she feels Han die. There's some connections going on with her and Rey. But more than that, she says so. She says, uh, talking about Ben Solo being trained as a Jedi, she said, I wanted Luke to train Ben. And she emphasized Luke as opposed to somebody else. Well, who would that somebody else be? Maybe it could have been another student of Luke's. Now we know it could have been Grogu. But I think she was specifically you know, referring to herself. I wanted Luke to train Ben and not me. And there's a reason for that. Anyone who has um, children who are following in your footsteps. Like I have a daughter who's an actress, a singer, a dancer. I have a son who's, you know, into audio and video production. They won't listen to a thing I tell them or try to teach them. They have to learn it on their own. And they both think that they are the end-all, be-all and have all of the answers. So um, that's why Leia didn't want to train Ben. And... You know, fans, you know, they got all upset about about the the EU not being canonized anymore, that they missed the gift that they were given. Guys, we got Star Wars. We got the Force. We got lightsabers. We got the dark side versus the light side. And we have the continuation of the Skywalker legacy through Rey. Listen, in Rise of Skywalker, that was uh, my favorite of the new films, of the uh, uh, sequels. But um, I loved everything with Leia, her training, her being called Master by Rey. Um, and, and, you know, one of the issues that people had with Rey, the, the fanboys, was, you know... Well, how is she an expert pilot all of a sudden? How can she use the Force and fight against a trained Jedi turned Sith without any formal training? Well, hello. Luke Skywalker, (laughs) he was an expert pilot and blew up the Death Star. His first ride out. All of the other pilots got shot down and killed except for Wedge. Him and Wedge were the only survivors, and Luke is the one who used the Force, never having used the Force before. (laughs) He had like three days of training into that exhaust port and blows up the Death Star. Rey is following in that Skywalker legacy as a pilot. Well, how was she able to use the Force, you know, so naturally? Well, now we know why. Um, It's because her grandfather was... Emperor Palpatine, the force was strong in her. But that's no different from Anakin. 
And that's no different from Luke before her. Luke went and faced Vader with like three weeks of training, guys. He went to face the most badass badasses of Star Wars lore with like three weeks of training, tops. He got his ass handed to him too. But he held his own for a while with very little training. And then he goes back to complete his training and he doesn't even do that. Yoda just tells him, Mm. everything you need you have learned and he goes off and not only does he defeat vader but in essence he defeats the emperor as well how is that any different from ray so that that's just my thoughts on fandom splitting star wars uh you know and splitting hairs over star wars but now we've got fans that are, you know, all up in arms about the MCU, about WandaVision. Fans not understanding it, hating it, because I, one fan on uh, one of the boards that I frequent on Facebook, he's like, nobody wanted this. No fan wanted this at all. Nobody wanted this. This is the silliest, stupidest, dumbest thing ever. And it's going to sink Disney. And they're going to go under. And they're destroying Marvel Comics. Guys, come on. It's a freaking TV show. But it also happens to be a really good TV show that is incredibly nuanced. And with all of these wonderful, subtle Easter eggs that if you're paying attention you're going to get a big smile across your face. But if you're just watching it on the surface level and and expecting something else, and that's another thing. You know, these fans are like, I, I, I hate it. I, you know, I can't believe they're doing this. I'm like, what did you expect? Did you not see the trailers? Did, have you, where have you been for the last year? Have you not seen any of the trailers, any of the teasers, any of the interviews with uh, Paul Bettany or with uh, uh, Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen, or Kevin Feige talking about how it's going to riff off of the old uh, television sitcoms. And have you not read the source material, the Vision and Scarlet Witch series, the House of M, Avengers Disassembled, Knights of Wonder Gore, Darker Than Scarlet? I, I, I mean, guys, I'm, I'm at... I'm 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 at a loss here that you know these people who say that they're long-term hardcore fans don't know their own fandom they don't know the source material and here's what you guys have to understand not only is it not your story to tell not only are they not your characters you have no ownership you got to understand that movie canon and comic book canon cannot be the same there's 50 years of history in the comic books. You've got two hours in a movie. And we don't know that that movie is going to be successful enough to spawn another. You know, I've read from fans, well, they're, they're, they're so short-sighted. Yeah, because they don't know if they're going to be successful enough to have another one. And And for those of you, you know, Complaining about WandaVision, 
Um, first of all, go read the source material. Second of all, enjoy the nuances. Enjoy the ride. Because if you had told me 20 years ago that we would have a Vision and Scarlet Witch TV series, I would have looked at you and said, you're crazy. And there are so many subtle little things that are pointing towards Wanda's uh, increased power and her reality warping ability, which we've not seen in the movies yet. Um, you know, fans were angry that Scarlet Witch originally was just a telepath and a telekinetic. And now her powers keep increasing. And now they're upset because she's created this reality that looks like a sitcom. The, the whole movie's taking place in her head. And it's an issue of you guys are expecting the Avengers movie. And we're getting a very subtle psychological. Um, it's almost a horror movie, a horror TV show. If you think about this, Wanda being trapped in her own mind, having to create her own reality, that's a little bit horrifying. But, you know, the toxic fans have to attack it, attack it, attack it. I'm like, okay, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. If you don't like the new Star Wars movies, just don't watch it. You know, I, I was watching a, a, a show on YouTube just before I came on the air. These guys on uh, YouTube, uh, taking issue with uh, movies like Captain Marvel and, you know, talking about how they, they you know, Captain Marvel was a man. Man, 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 man. Brie Larson doesn't have enough depth or range. And yet, and he's talking about what a horrible movie it is. And yet, it's still topped over a billion dollars in the box office. Wonder Woman didn't do that. And, and and then they went on talking about Shadow in the Cloud, how the story is, I'm a strong woman, I don't need no man. Well, yes, that is part of the story. She is a strong woman. She's a kick-ass woman. And uh, I like that. And and on the other side, okay, so here, here's the other side of this. Um, you got those fanboys hating on the Marvel stuff, and then on the other side, you got the social justice warriors hating on Gina Carano from The Mandalorian. She plays Cara Dune, and because her politics don't line up with theirs, she's got to be fired. We've got to cancel Gina Carano. Social justice warriors are victims of their own vindictive wokeness, and all they want to do is silence people who don't agree with them, who don't echo their own values or mores. Stop it. Stop it. You, you, you people are idiots, and, and you're only hurting fandom. You're only hurting um, something that's awesome, and you're going to end up being canceling everything, and then you got nothing. And we're back where we were in the 70s and 80s where we had no TV, we had no movies, and the movies we got were on TV starring Reb Brown as Captain America and Patrick Duffy as uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker. No, he was the man from Atlantis. The other guy that played him looked a lot like Patrick Duffy. And, 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 and then we, we went through this dark period, 20, 30 years, nothing. And now we have everything that we've ever wanted as fans, 
and nobody's happy about it. Leave Gina Carano alone. Fanboys, if you don't like WandaVision, if you think it's silly and stupid, you know what? Keep it to yourself and let people like me who love it enjoy it and go on and watch something else. But whatever you do, for God's sake, don't watch the new Batwoman. All I hear is the racist, misogynist railing against Batwoman talking about how this new season two is trash. I'm going to tell you the, the truth. Season one was not great. Um, I got very bored with it. Um, I didn't think the writing was very good. And it had nothing to do with Ruby Rose. I, I liked her just fine. Um, but but the writing just wasn't very good. And, you know, the story went on and on and on and on. And, you know, oh, my God, Alice, Beth. Oh, my God, i got to save her. I'm going to kill her. i got to save It just it was endless. Well, you know, these toxic fanboys went after Ruby Rose, just like they went after uh, Marie uh, Trang, uh, you know, Rose Tico. Um, they drove her off social media. They, they harassed her. And at the end of the day, she was like, you know what? I, this ain't worth it. And she quit Batwoman. She was a great Batwoman. So now the show is left with this void. How do we deal with this? You know, she left before we could write an ending for her. So this new season, Kate Kane, spoiler alert, has died in a plane crash. And, but her suit survives the crash. And a homeless woman who happens to be a trained martial artist, uh, trained in like five different martial arts, teach. You know, she was a teacher, taught martial arts, but she found herself in the wrong place at the wrong time, ended up in prison. She's homeless. She can't get a job. Um, Her mother was killed by Alice's gang Um, while she watched. She was raped. It's horrible. She finds the suit. And lo and behold, she actually has motivation to become Batwoman. Closer motivation to Bruce Wayne than Ruby Rose's Kate Kane had. Kate Kane just became Batwoman to find her sister, to save her sister. She didn't care anything about, you know, redeeming Gotham and punishing criminals. But this new Ryan Wilder Batwoman, she does care about that. That's her mission, is to right the wrongs of the oppressed, right the wrongs of the... Uh, the poor and the downtrodden to to fight evil at its basest form. She's been a criminal. She's been around criminals. She's been in prison. She knows how they think. And I think they did a masterful job dealing with the problem of replacing Batwoman. And this Batwoman has better motivation. And I think so far the story has been better. Now, They need to get rid of Alice. I'm tired of Alice. I'm done with Alice. Um, I'm ready to see another another big bad. But that aside, you know, you've got the social justice warriors celebrating Batwoman because she's black and because she's a lesbian. And then you got the basement-dwelling neckbeards who hate her because she's a lesbian, she's a strong woman, she's black. Misogynist tendencies racism is coming out and what happens is they start fighting against each other 
And here's where it really affects fandom in the worst way. The people who are in the middle, the people who just want to enjoy fun stories and have a good time and celebrate how much cool geek pop culture we have. If we don't take a side one one way or the other, we're labeled by the other side. The social justice warriors label me as a misogynist because I don't stand with them um, and and you know celebrate and try to cancel culture people who don't agree with me. And the 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 neckbeard basement dwellers think that I'm a social justice warrior. Uh, you know, I'm a pansy. I'm a you know I'm a liberal leftist. Guys, come on. Listen, art has no political party. Comics has no political party. Star Wars has no political party. Fandom has no political party. That's my message for you guys tonight. Fandom has no political party. But do your best not to be that fan that tears things down. If we didn't learn anything from The Last Jedi, from Rose Tico, we're not going to win by fighting against what we hate. We're going to win by saving what we love. You guys, everything is awesome. We have more geek pop culture content than ever. The geeks have inherited the earth. Celebrate it. Love it. Embrace Ray as the Mary Sue that she is in all of her glory because it makes sense for her to be like that because of her heritage, whether she's a Palpatine or a Skywalker or both. You know, celebrate the diversity. I have have a shocking announcement for you guys. The world is not all white Anglo-Saxon males. There are women of color. There are people of color. There are Asian and black people. And why? Because God loves wondrous variety. He made us all to be a wonderfully colorful uh, canvas. And all of it works together. So, um, guys, celebrate that. And And look, don't go around saying... And this is to to Brie Larson. Brie, don't go around telling uh, people that, you know, old white guys, I don't care what you think about my movie. It's not made for you. Well, it is. It is made for us. Um, But you don't need to stoke that fire. And and fans don't stoke that fire. Would, Would Captain Marvel have been received better if Brie Larson had not said that? Probably. Because... To those neckbeard basement dwellers, uh, it signaled her as a social justice warrior suffering from her own vindictive wokeness, and now she's the enemy. Guys, there is no enemy. We, we are here celebrating the best geek culture has to offer, and it's time to stop dividing ourselves and choosing sides. I'd love to know your thoughts. I've uh, ranted for 35 minutes. I would love to know your thoughts. You can email us at 
SerialBoxPodcast at gmail.com or drop us a line on Facebook, facebook.com slash SerialBoxPodcast. We're on Instagram at SerialBoxPodcast. Of course, YouTube, youtube.com slash Back of the Serial Box. And you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever audio podcasts are found. That's probably where you're listening to us right now. And if you are, do us a favor, drop a review, make it good. Also, I want to remind you to check out the League of Impossibilists. They're my cosplay group based on and inspired by my book series, Tales of the Decoverse. And um, we've got a webcomic that, that is currently coming out on a weekly basis on Patreon, patreon.com slash impossibilists. So check that out as well. And, um, guys, I, I hope I didn't get too raw with you tonight, but, uh, it's just something that's really been bothering me. Um, especially fans who believe that they own these characters, that they own the franchises and the fans that have been dividing us, you know, politically, socially, and it's just really gotten on my, been on my heart lately. I needed to address it and share my thoughts. Uh, if you agree, let me know. If you disagree, let me know, and let me know why. Um, but that's it for this show this week. Thanks for tuning in, and make sure you tune in on Saturday morning to Back of the Cereal Box. It's at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. And uh, me, Debartee, and Aubrey have a great, great time. You will, too. It's interactive, so join us for Back of the Cereal Box. And don't forget to check out all of the other great exclusive content on all of our other distribution platforms. Again, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, tell two, three hundred of your closest friends and family to come join the fun. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. You're welcome.